entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I am your host, The Madman. That was Nigel. Nigel, uh... Yeah, he's leaving. He's going outside for a cigarette. And Nigel, he wanted to come in and he wanted to do the read. You know, he's uh, like an intern. We got this British intern now. Anyway, welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I've had a heck of a weekend. I don't know about you. Tell me about it. I'm here to listen. Oh, wait, that's not how this works. Anyway, so let me tell you about my weekend. So, uh, comedian Scott Wharton, who I work with frequently, uh, he went to L.A. Uh, this past weekend, and I sat with his dog. Uh, for for the weekend, and it was fun. It was nice having a dog around. You know, it's like I think uh, I think a lot of people should own pets. I think they they keep you humble in many ways, and I'll explain why why it happened to me. And so uh, yeah, so comedian Scott Warren he went to L.A. did some uh, comedy out there. You know, now he's in Texas rubbing elbows apparently with Joe Rogan. Just so he just got uh, been looking at his uh, Instagram feed, comedian Scott Warren, and good for him. Good for him. You know, and so. Uh, you know, comedians, they, they got to travel more than somebody like myself and podcasters. See, I don't like traveling. You know, I, I, did, I did too much of it in the Navy and got it out of my, got it out of my system. And so now I don't really want to go anywhere. So you, I wouldn't even, even fashion myself as a comedian because uh, I do more long-winded tirades than, dry, you know, short, punchy jokes, which is what comedians focus on. Anyway, so I was watching um, uh, uh, Scott's dog. Over the weekend, and if you know, in the Fredericksburg area, you know we got a uh, uh, a little bit of snow. Nothing like you know what happened out uh, in Texas and so forth, and those states in the middle of the continent. Um, but we got some snow, and uh, one night I was taking an old bow out for a walk for for a poopy, right? And so I'm walking up along the snow, and it was getting real cold that night, and so the snow kind of froze over to it's like a glaze, you know, uh, basically an ice glaze over the top. And I sitting there with the with the leash in hand, and all of a sudden my feet go out from under me. I fall on my butt and just start sliding down the hill. All right, and I'm sliding down the hill for where I, I took Bo to take the Dukies. All right, you know what I mean. And so I'm I'm just like I don't mind falling, I don't mind sliding on ice, I don't mind you know making a fool of myself of anybody who might have seen this. But please, for God's sakes, I do not want to slide into some poo. Luckily, I did not. But at the same time, I had the leash on my hand, and so Bo's running after me. He's like, well, where are we going? What are we doing now? Like, like I did that on purpose. And I, I finally come to a stop, and he comes sniffing at me, like almost to say, you know, hey, bro, if you're going to do that again, drop the leash and don't drag me with you. <laughs> uh, but it's good to have a dog around, you know, because it, um, your, your dog could see you, uh, in, you know, in some embarrassing situation like that. And it could be just between you and your dog. You don't have to share it on your podcast if you don't want to. You don't have to share it on YouTube if you don't want to. But it was like this secret he knew. He's like, he, he knew. It's like, you can't walk on snow, fool. He knew, he knew that about me. He knew that about me. And I think that, you know, uh, even, some, even something as simple as a cat or a dog or some, like, <laughs> some pet of yours witnessing you being a fool you know, is enough to keep you humble in many ways. Because if I had been alone and slipped in the snow, I'd, I'd probably just delete that from my memory. I don't, I never fell down in the snow. But no, I remember that the dog was there. The dog saw me, and he could probably testify to the fact in court. If we can get somebody who can speak, some dog whisperer or something. 
Anyway, so I think it's good to have pets. It's, it was good to have a visiting pet and not have to take take care of one forever. Uh, lovely dog. He likes uh, he likes pulling stuff. But I got like all cor- sorts of injuries because he liked you know you, uh, you, we play pull the goose. He has this little goose and or, you know he likes to tug at it like dogs do. And you know sometimes his cl- his uh, paws come up and he scratch <laughs> scratch me a couple places. But hey, those are the hazards of dealing with a pet. It's a big dumb, dumb animal. And, uh, you know, he's going to take that secret of me falling, to, uh, you know, in the snow to his grave. He's not going to tell anyone about that. <laughs> Unless the dog whisperer comes. Anyway, so, yeah, this is Shock Monkey Radio. Um, I got a lot of long-winded rants that I'm going to be doing today, uh, up until the news worth knowing. So I just want to, you know, remind you to be sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio. Become a patron. You can also advertise there uh, on my show. Uh, with us, I would uh, sincerely appreciate it. And you can also go to uh, Cash App and use the hashtag Shock Monkey Radio and send me money. I would appreciate it. Help me keep keep uh, keep this in business. Uh, I would appreciate it. Uh, help keep me in business because I don't think <laughs> I don't think I can get a straight job ever again, uh, just because of the way my mind works and the way my mouth is attached to it. My mind. There's nothing I can do about it. Just, I'm stuck with me. I'm stuck with me, so help me out. Become a patron. Go uh, cash app, hashtag Shockbucky Radio, so I can invest more in Bitcoin. It's <laughs> my saving grace. Come on, Bitcoin, skyrocket. Anyway, so uh, I got three dollars in it. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> I'm not big at investing. Anyway, um, yeah. So uh, I also have books available for uh, digital download on Amazon.com. Uh, search for the author, Scott L. Robbins, with two T's and two B's. Uh, I got the three Exit 13 books up there. I also have The Bunny Years, a memoir, a uh, book about a superhero named The Jackrabbit. Uh, and I have The Ravings of a Madman, which is just a bunch of ramblings that, like you're going to hear today. All available for that digital download on Amazon.com. Scott L. Robbins, two T's, two B's. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about Rush Limbaugh. As you may or may not know, Rush Limbaugh passed away, uh, died of uh, lung cancer last week. And um, I, I, I obviously have a few things to say about it because uh, Rush Limbaugh is a very uh, important figure when it comes to uh, media and especially like conservative media. And so I think he's a very important figure. And um, so there's going to be no more Rush. No more Rush. And that sounds like something you might say at a garage sale in 1989. You're so flipping through somebody's albums, you know, and it's like, all you have is Fly By Night? No more Rush? I'm like, no. My wife doesn't like Rush. She doesn't get it. And it's like, ah, yeah, most women don't. Most women don't. They don't get Rush, you know, the band or <laughs> the man. You know, uh, they, they, it requires too much thinking on their part. Anyway, so um, in, um, in the wake of his death, um, you've seen a lot of celebrities and leftists, you know, you know, like celebrating, you know, celebrating the death of Rush Limbaugh. And I just think that it's such, it says it's in such poor taste. You know, if Nancy Pelosi, God forbid, died tomorrow, you know, I would not be celebrating her death. It was like, oh, finally, Satan's returning to hell. I wouldn't say anything like that. You know, it, I may think it, but I don't wish any ill harm. It was like, once, once you're, once you're gone, I feel like, you know, you're, you're set to zero. I reset to zero. And so I can forgive everything you said. It's like it's not like Rush Rush Limbaugh can ever irritate you again, right? If you're not the kind of person who goes back and watches old Rush Limbaugh shows. 
All right. Why do you, why do you have to be so mean about it? Why do you have to gloat in his death? And that just shows the depth of those people's character. You know, when they say something about Rush Limbaugh, because let's be honest about what Rush Limbaugh was is like um, he was a sole conservative voice for a very long time, you know, and now we are living in this age where like anyone, anybody can have liberal or conservative can have a YouTube channel just like I do, you know, and back in the days where Rush Limbaugh first started out in, in AM, it was impossible for his conservative voice to get onto FM. See, this is old school radio day stuff. All right. And FM was jam-packed because it was frequency modulation was better than ampl- amplitude modulators. All right, that's just a simple, simple fact of the matter when it comes to radios. And so, um, um, but because there, everyone was moving to FM in that time. That meant that a whole bunch of AM stations and, cha- and uh, channels basically uh, were opening up. They had plenty of time. They have room for somebody like Rush Limbaugh to come in and like start allowing a conservative voice somewhere on the airwaves. And that's kind of what's the fascinating thing about radio is, and even internet radio as podcasting, as the modern art form is. You know, it's, um, it's what's interesting about it is that um, there's always going to be room. There's going to be room. And in the, in the era of the fairness doctrine, you know, even under the fairness doctrine, you know, the, the narrative what, of what is uh, fair and balanced, you know, uh, still kind of skewed left, no matter what, and that's kind of why the, and, uh, Reagan got rid of the fairness doctrine, you know, because after all, it's like the the idea is, is that now you got a cacophony of voices on the internet, conservative and liberal alike, all over the internet, and it's up to you, dear viewer, dear listener, it is up to you to discern what information you're going to retain. You know, hopefully you're of the mind that you don't believe everything everyone tells you. Certainly, I hope you don't believe everything I say. God, I hope you don't do that. All right? I hope you watch other people's. I hope you get other people's opinions and takes on it. And that's because that's what America is about. It's like you want other people's different flavors. That's the whole point. That's the whole point of the big melting pot. It's like we get all the best flavors ending up on our, you know, on our dinner plates, on our, you know, in our media and so forth. They get all the best stuff. And so, you know, we live in this world where all that is... Um, is readily available. It's at our fingertips. And Rush Limbaugh came from an era where it was very difficult to find a conservative voice on on the radio. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, I'm going to be honest. Rest in peace, Rush, but I'm going to be honest. I wasn't a fan. I found Rush Limbaugh to be dry and boring and more of my father's generation of conservative. All right. And uh, I was, you know, I was younger. I'm a Generation X conservative. You know, <laughs> it's like I, I like to swear. <laughs> I'll try drugs. I drink a lot. You know, I want I like rock and roll. <laughs> you know, I'm a I'm a real, <laughs> a real rebel in, in comparison to my uh, uh, my father's generation of conservative. But I mean, that's that's how the like even like uh, modern conservatives are like that. They're like my generation and younger. You know, it's like that's that's who we are, you know. <clears throat> you know, we grew up in this world, you know, where we are taught equality and we understood that we are united and equal under the American flag, and so it doesn't matter what your skin color is. That's the generation I grew up in. All right. And that we lived in a meritocracy. If you work hard and and plus, hard work plus luck equals great success. All right. And so far I've only been hard working. I'm just waiting for a little bit of luck, you know what I mean? But that's the point is that, you know, you know, Rush 
Rush Limbaugh, he was it was dry, and I didn't I didn't <clears throat> I didn't like it he, he, the way he spoke. I I speak faster than he does. If you I probably get more words out per minute than he does. Granted, you know I I meander and different <laughs> and go in random little sidetracks and stuff like that. That happens a lot for sure. But that man, you know, speaking for three hours a day for thirty years is no joke. No joke. I do maybe an hour a week. All right. I could do it. I just don't know if I could write that much for to fill three hours every day, to be honest. I would have to be writing like <laughs> 10 hours a day on top of that. Or I'd just have to sit here and read news articles to you. And be honest, you know, I wish I could write uh, uh, that much. And Rush, you had plenty of things to talk about. Filling three hours is no joke every day. It's no joke, especially when you're not Howard Stern. Where you could just hit like the fart <laughs> button for like five minutes while you go to the bathroom. Anyway, <laughs> but that's the point. It's like you had you, you had people like Howard Stern on radio. You had people like Rush Limbaugh on radio. And Rush Limbaugh, he was the uh, the first and only voice uh, in quite a while. And so, in many ways, he shaped a generation of conservatives. However, uh, following Rush, there was plenty of uh, other people who followed him to AM. Uh, conservative voices, a lot of conservative voices started popping up on AM. And um, and soon, you know, there became more and more people that are talking about it. Let's, let's face it, you know, half the country is conservative. You know, around half the country is conservative. Okay, and so, you know, uh, when the news always seems to, like, focus on one side of the, you know, argument or another, you know, you kind of, there's, there's a hunger. There's a hunger for conservatives in some, uh, a like-minded media. And that's the only 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 way I can express the success of like the Daily Wire, or uh, Louder with Crowder, is because people were hungry for that kind of content, you know. And <laughs> fool, silly me, I think I can break into that that market, <laughs> competing with people like Ben Shapiro, and uh, Stephen Crowder. But that's the point: is that you know Rush paved the way for people like them and people like me to do what we we uh, what we do and what we want to do. This is what I want to do. I may not, may, not, may not have liked Rush Limbaugh's show, but I, sh- I said, boy, I would sure love to do the show right after his. You know what I mean? I mean, even back in 95, when I was just getting out of high school, and I'm trying to break into radio, and, uh, <laughs> and you know, I just I couldn't get in. I couldn't get anywhere. It was real hard. You had to have serious education or serious experience to break into that market. Luckily, Rush had that kind of experience. And he had some uh, financial backing, I guess. And so he was able to get into the AM market. In those days, that's an impressive feat. Now anybody, anybody can flip on their webcam and talk to the public, talk to the entire world. All right? But back then, that's impressive. Anyway, so did you know that Paula Ab... Oh, I want to read one more thing. Hold on. He's <laughs> like, wait a minute. How's he going to circle back to Paula Abdul? Hold on. I want to talk about the spirit of radio. But not that Rush Limbaugh. I'm talking about just Rush. The Spirit of Radio is like, it's a really good song, and I, I bring it up because I wanted to work in some sort of Rush song <laughs> lyric into uh, this conversation about Rush Limbaugh. And so um, there's, there's a song by Rush called The Spirit of Radio, and there's a, there's a quote of the lyrics I want to read to you. It's that, Invisible airwaves crackle with life, bright antenna bristle with the energy. Emotional feedback on timeless wavelength. Bearing a gift beyond price, almost free. And uh, 
I, I I love that song by Rush because it's it's a love song to radio. <laughs> it's like it's like the Queen song, Radio Gaga. It's a love song to radio, and I get it. I really do because it's like in many ways, Rush. I'm part of that generation. Th- those older guys who grew up with the uh, in the radio era, and a lot of people don't understand or appreciate what it was like back then. When it comes to like all you could really listen to is any tapes you brought with you from home in your car, or uh, AM or FM. You know, a lot of people don't, a lot of kids these days, they don't even understand what that could be like. So, yeah. Uh, Do you know Paul Abdul made a song about him too? It's called Rush, Rush. I can feel it. I can feel you all through me. Rush, Rush. Ooh, what you do to me. See, I think, you don't think that song was about, that Paul Abdul didn't do a song about Rush Limbaugh? I'm getting some disagreement here in the studio. But I swear, I think that Paul Abdul was like really mad at Rush one day and she wrote that song. Like that, I can feel you rush through me. <laughs> Probably, rest in peace, Rush. I hope, I hope if you're watching my show, I hope you have better things to do in heaven, or wherever you are. I don't know. <laughs> Never been there, so uh, I hope you find you know my sense of humor is like. I hope you're not up there shaking your head, going, "Is like this is what I did all that hard work for is for jackasses like this." Anyway, rest in peace, Rush. So I've always been a Pepsi guy. I never liked Coke. I think Pepsi is sweeter. Like 10 more calories or 10 more grams of sugar. I can't remember which. And so I think it makes Pepsi better than Coke. Now, you got to understand that Coke is based out of Atlanta. And I don't know if you know much about hot Atlanta, but a lot of minorities in crime, which is unusual. Atlanta has been sort of the industry capital of the South, and that's why Sherman burned it, <laughs> uh, and he because he wanted to put a big dent in the South's production capabilities. I don't think he shouldn't have done it, but that's another story. Anyway, I think Pepsi is in Atlanta too, so I I don't know how relevant all that is. But do you remember the Pepsi challenge, where they'd do a blind taste test on the street, and they'd have covered soda cans, and through the magic of edi- editing, everyone preferred Pepsi. Although I agree that Pepsi is better. There is no accounting for taste. Some people may prefer a less sweet soda, and I get that. It's all bad for you. I get it. But if we're shotgunning diabetes juice, let's go all out, I say. You ever tried Joke Cola? (laughs) And you know at least Pepsi doesn't hire some schmo off the streets to design a spicy cherry soda. That's right, I'm talking about Dr. Pepper. My favorite soda, made by Pepsi, thank you very much. Coke just hires this Mr. Pibb guy with no qualifications. I don't even think he has an associate's degree. He's just some jerk that showed up and said, by golly, I think I cracked Dr. Pepper's formula. But he didn't. And Mr. Pibb is a sad mockery of the genius that is Dr. Pepper. And you know, Coke used to have cocaine in it. But I bet you knew that. Thanks to the internet and the fact that it made it it made it into the minds of most people these days. So perhaps Coke has more of the white guilt than Pepsi because of the cocaine thing. And that's why they're trying to tell people to, quote, be less white. <clears throat> you ever seen a movie called Deep Cover? Side track here. There's a scene where Eddie comes up to John at the bar and he asks him his name. And Eddie goes off something like this. I knew a brother named John who liked to dance when he got it on. He made the pussy do the Watusi and said, damn, this dick is strong. Stay black. And he walks away. 
All right. And then the bartender leans over and says, what's that brother saying? <laughs> Talking about stay black. Better stay off that crack. It's the funniest line in the movie. And it's delivered by an extra. And if your, mem- if your memory is as good as mine, you know that I edited, my- edited myself there. And the only reason is, is that I don't want to say the N-word. I debated this all day. I don't want to say it. All right. Even though I was quoting somebody, because I've heard this stuff in the news about saying you can't even say the N word when in say, when quoting somebody else, and it's not based upon who could say it. It's about the color of the skin of the mouth that it's coming out of. All right. So uh, forgive me for censoring myself, myself, but it is open season on nonsense like that. Anyway, so the bartender says, you know, what's his brother talking about? Stay black. Stay better. Stay off that crack. Best line in the movie. Wait, wait, it's probably not the best line in the movie. Because there's things like where winos cringe on a canned heat binge and find the graves in the s- snow. There's lots of good poetry in that flick. Deep cover with a Larry Fishburne. It's a really good movie. Anyway, if you haven't seen it, you should. Yo, with Cowboy Curtis. <laughs> with Cowboy Curtis. And so, anyway, that whole quote, the stay black thing, is like the opposite of the be less white thing. It's like the opposite side of that coin. So that's why I bring it up. That's why it popped into my head. So you may not know what I am talking about. And it's this diversity training that is happening at the Coke company. And they're basically shaming white people. Now, I'm not going to go into the full story. This is not the news worth knowing yet. I just want to talk a little bit about soda. And I'm just pissed that even soda needs to get dragged into this nonsense. I'm not saying people are going to stop buying Coke over this. The Coke itself is innocent. Diversity trading doesn't include changing Coke's formula, yet. So the product remains the same. However, this diversity training nonsense is happening in corporate America, and it seems less about diversity and more about racism against white people. What's that? You can't be racist to white people? Do you not understand how racist that is? I am appalled that the workers of America put up with all this nonsense just to retain their paycheck. People need jobs. And because of that, businesses and corporations take more and more from their employees every single year. When I worked in that world back in aught five, my employer was was constantly monitoring my posts on internet sites and scolding me for the content of my writing. God knows how they are monitoring you today. And now they want to bring some quote-unquote expert in to give everybody training on how horrible and racist white people are. And as more time passes, the prouder I am for being fired from that job because I refused to adopt my company's politics as my own. I refused to sell my right to the freedom of speech. And most of all, I would quit on the spot if someone tried to teach me that I am bad because of the color of my skin. And I I would swear as I quit, calling them all racist Nazis and anyone else regardless of race, who goes along with this nonsense, are enabling the real racists. I've heard the excuses that these businesses and corporations get sued by people claiming to be discriminated against. But that's your problem, multi-billion dollar corporation, not ours. I think you should just have a Coke and a smile and shut the fuck up. I promised you I was going to write more. Don't get mad at me. I, make, I live up to my promises. All right, let's talk about another sidetracky rant. This is good, like goes all over the place. All right. So uh, Jen Psaki is the queen of the Karens. Doesn't she look 
like every spinster teacher you've ever had. Sexually unsatisfied due to her plain looks and liberal sensibilities. She takes her anger out on the kids that she cannot have because no man would ever love a woman who is constantly scolding and eternally bitter. She looks like every Karen everywhere. She's uninteresting, unremarkable, unlovable. And so she finds solace in being a bully. And does anyone else find it odd that Democrat administrations hire political commentators from CNN, the most trusted name in news? These people. Now, the rumor is that uh, we are going to have to keep wearing masks and social distancing until 2022, even as the number of COVID infections is plummeting. People are being vaccinated. We're getting closer to herd immunity, and they are still pushing this power play. Look, these people are bullies, plain and simple, and they are using your irrational fear of this quote-unquote pandemic in order to exert control over you. These people are bullies. They want to make you wear masks just because they can. They want to shame anyone and everyone who does not obey. And that's what they want. They want your obedience. And if you pay attention to what is happening in Washington, you can see the Democrats are riding high on Trump's defeat, and now they are trying to exert more control over our lives because they think they know better than you. They think minorities can't figure out the Internet, and they think that none of us are responsible enough to know what is best for our lives. I am not an anarchist. But too much government is a bad thing, and these damn Democrats think the best solution to everything is spend more money on government. They raise the minimum wage, even though there are plenty of, there are plenty of self-obsessed idiot fry cooks that don't deserve $15 an hour. This move is a direct assault on small businesses because mom and pop shops can't afford to pay everyone $15 an hour. Only large corporations can absorb such costs, but in reality reality, they are going to cut jobs just like everyone else to protect their bottom line. They, they are also toying with the notion of taking our guns away. Good luck with that. I know there are people out there that are not conservative, but you do love your freedom, right? All governments do is get in a man's way, a governing body that is notably ungoverned. Hell yeah, I'm quoting Firefly, and you're damn right I am a brown coat. I would have fought for independence as well. And if the Federation gets too big and intrusive, you're going to have to fight to get your freedom back. Now, I'm not talking about taking up arms. Don't try to pull that Trump impeachment nonsense with me. I am talking about voting these idiots out who are trying to impose their will upon us and vote in people who will push back against these totalitarian idiots. I call them idiots because I give them the benefit of the doubt that they are not actually totalitarian. They honestly think they are trying to help with all this government overreach. But they are myopic, and they do not consider the long-term effects of what they are saying and trying to do. I do not think that Jen Psaki wants to be queen of the world. I don't think that Nancy Pelosi is evil the way she thought Rush Limbaugh was evil. I honestly think that they are trying to do their jobs and help people of this country. However, they are woefully misguided, and they possess enough hubris to think that they know better than you do about how you need to live your life. Vote these idiots out. All right. Yeah, 28 minutes. I covered some time that time. Let's go ahead and get into the news worth knowing. I'll drink some water. Mm. 
Ooh, it's very wet. I wasn't ready for that. It was very wet water. Wetter than normal. <laughs> All right, so let's go to write the first story. CNN uh, continues to give cover to disgraced Cuomo as guest, <laughs> guest claims lack of hard evidence in nursing home scandal. <clears throat> okay. Once again, left-wing anchor Brian Stelter, Stelter excuse me, along with other journalists at CNN, they put journalists in quotes, Fox News, uh, gave cover to embattled New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Excuse me. When PolitiFact, when you get wet water, you burp. Um, when PolitiFact deflected blame on Governor Cuomo for his role in thousands of nursing home deaths in the state, citing a lack of hard evidence that his, contra- that his controversial mandate was heavily to blame, Stelter took, offered no pushback. Uh, CNN's left-wing pundit failed to mention Cuomo's alleged cover-up of the troubling death toll, which prompted an FBI investigation amid bipartisan calls to strip him of his emergency powers. Stelter and his gov- and the governor's brother, CNN anchor Chris Cuomo, uh, have just to name a few, have made an unprecedented push to downplay and deflect from the Democrats' controversies, uh, with their far-left network giving its developments little to no airtime and giving Chris Cuomo free reign to conduct friendly comical interviews with the scandal-plagued governor. <laughs> a bombshell development uh, in the scandal embroiling, in the New York Democrat mer- uh, embroiling the New York Democrat emerged last week when an Albany-based watch- watchdog group directly linked, to Cuomo's, directly linked Cuomo's order to more than 1,000 additional resident deaths. The state's death toll among nurse- nursing home residents has surpassed 15,000 since the onset of the pandemic. PolitiFact Editor-in-Chief Angie... Uh, Drobnik Holland, forgive me if I pronounce that wrong, told CNN's in-house pundit Stelter, a lot of opinion in this article, uh, on Sunday that Cuomo's uh, directive for nursing homes to accept patients who had or were suspected of having COVID-19 likely made no significant difference in COVID deaths. Quote, I think the situation is really complicated, Holland told the Reliable Sources host. Uh, Certainly there are things to criticize about how the administration handled data but the part of the matter goes back to last year when the state was asking COVID patients who were ready to be discharged from the hospital and don't see hard evidence that they made significant difference in the COVID deaths. Hold on. Is it Holland or Holland? Anyway, she echoed Cuomo's claim that the troubling COVID rate in senior care facilities was due to a large part to transmission among staff and visitors. Again, left-wing journalist, journalist in quotes again, Stelter decided not to question it. You need to edit Fox News. Anyway, uh, quote, if you look at the statistics, New York is having is about having the same numbers as other states around the country. And the issue was employees in the nursing nursing homes who didn't realize they were bringing COVID-19 into the nursing homes. So it's a really complicated situation, she said. There's no clear cut answers here. Uh, After weeks of silence, Stelter finally addressed the controversy on a show last week after ignoring a New York Post report uh, revealing that a top Cuomo aide admitted to a Democrat to Democratic lawmakers that the administration had withheld data to avoid federal scrutiny. So now that Trump's out, we're able to talk about this. Finally. You know, this guy, you know, wrote a, you know, wrote a book or something like that about how great a job he did during the thing while the thing's still going on. You know? Now I've, I've heard rumors of, like, the people he's been threatening people. Like, mafioso style. Wouldn't surprise me. What a D-bag. It's so... <laughs> it's like... Um, 
I don't know. It's like, you know, my bloodline probably goes back to coming into New York. Uh, I don't know. It was like my immigrant family, like it came into New York and they said, you know, screw this. This is way too many people here in New York. And they moved probably north uh, to Connecticut where I was born. And uh, now here we are, 2021, and uh, yeah, I'm in Fredericksburg, Virginia. I'm way far away from New York. New York is a hell of a town. Anyway, let's go on to this next story, I guess. Wheel of Fortune host Pat Sajak faces backlash for making fun of contestant with a speech impediment. Anyway, so Wheel of Fortune host Pat Sajak upset a number of viewers on Monday when he seemingly mocked a contestant with a speech impediment. The long-time game show host was trying to keep things light on Monday's show as he was introducing contestants. While doing so, Sajak spoke with contestant Chris Brimble. After explaining to the host uh, what he does for a living, it became clear to the viewers and uh, and the host that Brimble speaks with a slight lisp. Sajak heard him out and even commented on the importance of his job bringing technology to older adults. However, the host concluded the brief interview by saying, I see, instead of I see. Oh. Uh, when Brimble, uh, while Brimble simply laughed, it off, uh, laughed the moment off, viewers, were, uh, viewers who were upset about the Sajak's apparent mockery of the contestant's speech impediment took to Twitter to voice their outrage. That's where the angry go when they're angry. To Twitter. Quote, did at Pat Sajak just mock one of the contestants? One wrote, uh, at pace, <laughs> at Pat Sajak, hey douchebag, that's four, that's four dashes, so that's douchebag, hey douchebag, say a cheap shot for making fun of a contestant with a lisp, I teach speech therapy, you have been on the air for far too long, it's time for you to retire, your sarcasm is offensive and only funny to idiots such as yourself, <laughs> added one particularly angry viewer. Uh, quote, hopefully you learned by your mistake, but stop making fun of those with a lisp. As a woman who has lived all her life with one, and my parents put me in speech classes when I was uh, first going through school as a youngster, I find it appalling that you do that kind of crap. Uh, quote, as for someone your age who grew up with the hearing impaired cousins, I was taught that uh, to never make fun of their speech pattern. To this day, I wouldn't even think of doing what you did, so don't get on your exemplary high horse about it. You are 100% wrong. Own it and do better, another user added. Wow. These people are, I don't, I don't know what's worse. These people are what Pat Sajak did. Uh, another one said, at Pat Sajak, there's a clear reason why Trebek was always a better host than you. Oh, sick burn. <laughs> oh, I love free, freedom of speech. I love, I love it when people talk. They're the best. And uh, representatives, representatives for Sajak did not immediately respond to Fox News' request for comment. According to Yahoo Entertainment, Brimble's game did not appear to be thrown off in the slightest by the host's jab. He went on to earn 12250 in prize money, but fell just short of advancing to the bonus puzzle and earning the win. Still. Uh, at the end of the, sh- end of the show, Sajak touched uh, upon one moment from uh, his interview with the, contest- with the contestant and had nothing to do with the offending joke. Uh, Brimble questioned how long one had to be married before they're no longer considered a newlywed. Uh, quote, you know, I've been, you know, I've been married 31 years and I still feel like a newlywed. Sajak told co-host Vanna White at the close of the show to applause from the crowd. It's going to be a big night at the Sajak house. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. So, uh, 
yeah, cry me a river, dick faces. You know, yes, it was stupid. It could have even been a Freudian slip. You know, uh, I don't know if you've done this or known people who've done this. It's like when you're interacting with somebody with an accent, you may adapt that accent if you're speaking to them for long enough, you know. I don't if he was trying if he was trying to make a joke it was obviously in poor taste but you know absolutely make those comments at him on Twitter absolutely but if somebody comes out here and says well we need to cancel him cancel the wheel of fortune you know what you're just just like <laughs> just like Andrew Cuomo you must hate old people <laughs> you're going to get rid of wheel of fortune must hate old people. (laughs) Chris Cuomo is the one on the news, right? Okay. All right, let's talk about this genius Dr. Anthony Fauci. Sarcasm. (laughs) Okay, so Fauci's mixed messages. um, Inconsistencies about COVID-19, masks, vaccines, and reopenings come under scrutiny. Finally. Uh, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases uh, director Anthony Fauci's often inconsistent comments and mixed messages on the coronavirus pandemic are prompting, prompting renewed scrutiny as debate rages over reopening schools and businesses nearly a year after the lockdown started. Quote, Dr. Fauci is a very good public health official. His job is to advise policymakers and inform the public, Senator Marco Rubio from Florida said on Tuesday. But his job is not to decide what we can do where we can go, or which places can open and close. And his job is not to mislead or scare us into doing the right things. Why should we trust Fauci with a national plan? Back in March, Fauci Fauci famously told Americans, there's no reason to be walking walking around with a mask, Uh, wrote David Harsani, forgive me, in the National Review. Uh, Fauci now says we should wear two masks. (laughs) No thanks, Dad. That was a quote. Uh, Fauci, in an interview on 60 Minutes in early March last year, warned of unintended consequences of masks, saying people keep fiddling with the masks and they keep touching their face. Uh, On masks, Fauci and former uh, Surgeon General Jerome Jerome Adams, who also warned against buying and wearing masks in spring of 2020, said officials recommended against wearing uh, masks early in the pandemic because at the time there was a massive shortage of PPE for medical workers who needed it most. Further, more evidence of asymptomatic spread of the virus later came out. Fauci later enthusiastically embraced wearing masks. What has changed in our recommendation, Adams said in a White House briefing in July. We now know from recent studies that a significant portion of individuals with coronavirus lack symptoms. Now Fauci more recently has backed recommendations that Americans wear two masks instead of one, if possible, in order to keep masks tighter on people's faces. And if you're doing that, you're an idiot. Go go. Go slap, slap yourself in the face. Look yourself in the mirror and slap yourself in the face for being an idiot. Quote, if you have physical covering with one layer, put another layer on. Just makes it common sense. That will likely be more effective, Fauci told NBC News last month. The CDC officially put out double masking guidelines this month. Idiots. <clears throat> All right. Uh, another issue in which Fauci has adjusted his stance uh, stances is on exactly what level of vaccination is necessary for the U.S. to reach herd immunity to the virus. Fauci previously said the percentage of Americans who need to be vaccinated uh, to reach that goal was 70% before revising that number up to higher than 80%. This inspired a story in the New York Times that accused Fauci of quietly shifting recommendations. 
Fauci then explained to the paper that he was taking public opinion polls into account of how he shaped his comments. Quote, when polls said that only about half of all Americans uh, should, would take the vaccine, I was saying herd immunity would take about 70 to 75%, Fauci said, according to the paper. Then, when newer surveys said 60% or more I would take it, or more would take it, I thought I can nudge this up a bit, so I went to 80, 85. He continued, um, we have to have some real, we have to have some humility here. We really don't know what the real number is. I think the real range is somewhere between 70 to 90%, but I'm not going to say 90%. But you did anyway. Quote, and on returning uh, to normal after uh, Americans get their vaccines, Fauci has made several different comments that are not necessarily consistent. Quote, it's going to depend very much on what percent or level of efficacy the, of the vaccine is. Fauci said in an interview of what post-vaccine life would be like with Bloomberg in August. Quote, I would be happy with 70 to 75%, and I would be accepting of 50 to 60%. Fauci said continued, uh, continued public health measures would be necessary if the vaccine was on the low end of effectiveness. But vaccines have shown to be significantly more effective than anticipated, upwards of 90%. Now Fauci says Americans may need to wear masks until 2022. Quote, obviously, with a 90% effect, effective vaccine, you could feel much more confident, Fauci told, uh, said on CNN in November. But I would recommend to people not to abandon all public, me- health, public health measures just because you have been vaccinated. Because even though for the general population it might be 90 to 95% effective, you don't necessarily know for you how effective it is. He added Sunday, also on CNN, that whether Americans wear masks into 2022 depends on the level of dynamics of the virus that's in the community. If you see low level coming down really, really very low, <laughs> uh, I want to keep it going down to a baseline that's so low that there's virtually no threat or not no. It'll never be zero, but a minimal, minimal threat that you would be exposed to someone who is infected. Jeez Louise, guy. More than 500,000 Americans have died from the coronavirus, which is an airborne disease that, oh, <laughs> that is not severe in most healthy people, but can be deadly to older people and those with compromised immune systems. Uh, Fauci and his defenders have said their recommendations on the virus, um, which did not exist before 2019, have evolved as America's understanding of the virus has evolved. They also say the strict recommendations reflect the vast number of deaths the virus is capable of causing and has caused. (sighs) Anyway, you know, he's also on the lockdowns, you know. On the lockdowns, many Americans continue to wonder what the nation's top infectious disease expert would tell them that they can resume life as normal. One issue on which Fauci has remained more consistent is the reopening schools, which he has reiterated is possible before teachers get back vaccines. In fact, he said this month on CBS that vaccinating every teacher before schools opens is non-workable. Fauci on Sunday declined uh, to say on CNN that grandparents who are fully vaccinated should see their grandchildren, saying, I, I don't want to be making a recommendation now on public TV. I would want to sit down, I would want to sit down with them, with the team. Take a look at that. That prompted a rant from Megan McCain on The View. I was very frustrated when I saw this clip, she said. The fact that Dr. Fauci is going on CNN and he can't tell me if I get, if, if I get the vaccine, I'll be able to have dinner with my family. It's terribly inconsistent messaging and it continues to be inconsistent messaging. Fauci answered some of that criticism on CNN Tuesday. Quote, I'm fully vaccinated and my daughter comes in the house and she's fully vaccinated. Common sense tells you that, in fact, you don't have to be as stringent, Fauci said. But it's... He added, we want to get, 
firm recommendations from the CDC and uh, what people can and cannot do when they are vaccinated. You know what I think? You know what I think happened is a bunch of people who are germaphobes somehow <laughs> are in the halls of power. And so it's like, ooh, if we can get rid of touching and like people spitting with they talk all together, that'd be really good. That's what I think happened. Isn't, isn't Trump a germaphobe or something? Did he bring a whole bunch of people into the government with him? A bunch of germaphobes and with him when this thing went down? Is he germaphobe? No? Okay. Anyway, that's what I think. It's like Fauci and <laughs> all these people who are pushing this stuff. There's, I'm sick of the madman and he's spitting when he talks. It's like everything he says, he's spitting when he talks. I feel like I'm catching a cold just by watching his videos. That's what I think happened. You know, why are we even trusting this one person, one person to make these decisions? Who keeps asking him for the solutions? Anyway, let's go to this next story. <laughs> in Virginia gubernatorial race, Amanda Chase call, casts herself as Trump in heels. Jeez Louise. Anyway, Republican Virginia State Senator Amanda Chase is doing everything she can to present herself as the Donald Trump in the governor's race full of Liz Cheney's and Mitt Romney's. Uh, the Virginia gubernatorial race will be closely watched first statewide election since Democrats took control of the White House and Senate in 2020. The state, which has shifted from the battleground state to a solidly blue state, that's depressing. A moment of silence for the conservatives in Virginia. Yeah, now it's a solidly blue state to, uh, to recent, in recent presidential elections, has not elected rep uh, Republican governor since Robert McDowell took office in 2010. McDonald, Robert McDonald, excuse me. Uh, quote, I am bold and outspoken, and people have called me Trump in heels, Chase told Fox News. They compare me to Trump a lot because I'm not politically correct. You know what? Trump is emotional, all right? Trump in heels sounds terrifying. That's Trump's problem. He's way too emotional, you know? He gets caught up in his feelings and gets on Twitter. I really hate those guys. It just, it's between the lines, you know? It's like that. That's why everyone hated his tweets. Because <laughs> they, everyone instinctively knows it's like you're just a sensitive bitch, <laughs> all up in your feelings. So you know, Trump in heels sounds scary. Anyway, she is a Republican who's doing the best in the polls, uh, but she's also the gubernatorial, uh, gubernatorial hopeful who's most at odds with the state GOP after filing a lawsuit since dismissed to force Virginia, the Virginia Republican Party, to choose its nominee via primary instead of convention. The deadline for the GOP to file. Uh, to switch to a primary is Tuesday. Quote, the Liz Cheney's of this world, they don't know what, it, uh, what to do with this, she said. Unfortunately, the Republican establishment elite, the country club Republican elites, they want to control the process so that they can get their candidate reelected. Candidate elected, excuse me. I think that's going to be, our, uh, be their demise. Uh, Chase's five-year five career in the state legislature has not been without controversy. She recently sued after her state uh, Senate colleagues, including three Republicans, voted to censure her for comments about the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol. Quote, these are not rioters and looters. These are patriots who love their country and do not want to see our great republic turned into a socialist country, Chase said in January. She later said she was not referring to individuals who stormed the Capitol, according to the NBC, uh, NBC Washington. Uh, Chase attended the pro-Trump rally on January 6th, but it was not part of the Capitol invasion. Quote, there are so many parallels between Trump and myself, Chase told Fox News. The more Mitt Romney, Liz Cheney Republicans voted for my censure. And they're trying to call me an insurrectionist. 
uh, Democratic new gubernatorial candidate and former Virginia governor Terry McAuliffe seems to recognize the parallels as well. Quote, we must defeat Trumpism here in Virginia, too, he said in response to a tweet from Chase uh, celebrating Trump's acquittal in the Senate impeachment trial. Chase was the only Republican in the race for governor at four months after she declared her candidacy in February 2020. The 2021 race is wide open since Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, a Democrat, is unable to run for re-election due to the state's prohibition of governors serving consecutive terms. <coughs> Time's up, buddy. Uh, when he said, while she says her grassroots support is strong, Chase has had many detractors within the Virginia GOP. She left the Republic, uh, Republican caucus in 2019, but touts her work on the Transparency Caucus, which she co-founded to push the state legislatures to record and achieve all committee archive all committee meetings. If elected, she vows to limit the governor's emergency power to prevent the, an imbalance of power, but also says she'd use executive orders to reverse Democrats' gun control legislation. Quote, I'd like to talk, be able to talk about the irregular things that I'm running on as a as I campaign for governor, but much of that is encompassed around people who just want to get their lives back to normal, Chase said. They're tired of living under these executive orders. We need to get people back to work, get our kids back to school. Republican rivals seem to be spreading a similar message. Virginia hasn't elected a Republican governor since McDonnell in 2009, but, the, but a crowded field of Republicans is hoping to change that. Former House Speaker uh, Kirk Cox, former Department of Defense uh, official Sergio La Pena, uh, tech entrepreneur Pete Snyder, former investment firm executive Glenn Youngkin, and others are uh, competing for the party's 2021 nomination. Chase Chase blasted many of his competitors for having no experience. Quote, as I'm always saying, if you really want to run for office, you need to run for a state house or senate seat instead of jumping into the statewide race. You have no name, no name ID. You have no shot at winning. <laughs> Sorry, I never heard about you until this article, lady. Uh, <laughs> it's so... Uh, I just at the comparison of like people wanting to say like keep Trump in the uh, in the GOP, you know, it's like I, I, it's going to be more like Trumpism, you know, and it's like I don't like the idea of Trumpism, and, you know, I don't think that he is a cult of personality kind of guy, you know, he's just kind of a doofus in many ways, <laughs> and so, uh, so I don't I don't know, what, I, I think comparing yourself to Trump is not a good thing. You know, I don't want, I, I didn't want any four more years of Trump, I, but I didn't really want four years of Biden. Sleepy, sleepy Joe Biden. Kamala Harris doing all the work behind the scenes, I'm sure. Anyway, let's go on this next story. How many more have I got? One, two, these are the last two stories. All right, cool. So, pro beach volleyball players back out of Qatar tournament over bikini attire. German professional beach volleyball stars Carla Borger and Julia Sude said Sunday they will not be going to Qatar for a tournament over an issue involving their playing attire. Borger represented Germany in the 2016 Olympic Games in Rio de Janeiro, but lost along with teammate Britta Butha. Booth? Yeah. In, round, in the round of 16. The pair won silver at the Beach Volleyball World Championship in 2013. Sude had partnered mostly with Chantel Laborer during her career. Sude and Borger have been teammates since 2019. We are there to do our job and but we are being prevented from wearing our work clothes, Borger told the German radio station. This is really the only country this is really the only country in the only tournament where the government tells us how to do our job, and we are criticizing that. Borger added that given the extreme temperatures in the Middle East, we are asking whether it is necessary to hold the tournament there at all. 
the women's portion of the International Volleyball Federation, FIVB, uh, World Tour will head in Doha, Qatar for the first time next month. Female players have been asked to wear long shirts and trousers for the event, according to The Guardian. The FIVB says the request was out of respect for the culture and traditions of the host country, according to The Guardian. Borcher and Sude both told Germany's Der Spiegel that they will not go along with the Qatari rules. The country's weather would make bikinis necessary for playing in the tournament. Sude also pointed out that the changes uh, were, were not made when the country hosted the World Athletic Championships in 2019. The Qatar Volleyball Association said athletes were, uh, were allowed to wear their national uniforms, according to Yahoo. Uh, quote, we, were, we would like to make clear that we are not making any demand on the athletes on what the athletes should wear at the event, the organization said. The country allowed female volleyball players to compete in bikinis as recently as 2019 ANOC World Beach Games and the 2006 Asian Games, according to the Daily Mail. All right, so here's the thing. If your country doesn't like bikinis, there is something wrong with that country. All right? I want to see tall German women spiking volleyballs in bikinis. All right? What is wrong with you, Qatar? What is wrong with you? Makes no sense to me. All right. Let's go to one last weird story before we call it out, call it, call the show done. Uh, but dogs are mysteriously turning blue and pink in a Russian city. <laughs> Packs of dogs in eastern Russia are, in, are inexplicably turning up pink and blue. The bizarre phenomenon has occurred in and around the town of, forgive me, Jurhisk about 242 miles east of Moscow, near an abandoned... Ooh, Russian words. Jer... Jer... In... Anyway, this pl- chemical plant that was once manufactured highly toxic uh, hydrocyanic acid, uh, which is also a core ingredient in once commonly used pr- uh, Prussian blue dye. Ah. Experts believe this detail may help explain why... Um, some pups are now blue <laughs> through and through. Really? Really, Fox News? You left that skip. Somebody should have added to that. Anyway, including their excrement, even their poo, poo is blue, <laughs> according to the vets. Um, without clearer details, Dimitri Karolkin, head physician of Zuzashita Veterinary Hospital, officially blamed the blue hue on some kind of chemical, quote-unquote, some kind of chemical, which doesn't appear to have harmed the animals physically. Meanwhile, examiners from the uh, Lobachevsky Research Institute of Chemistry at Nitsny, Novgorod State University, as well as the Committee for State Veterinary Surveillance, found no signs of irritating chemical burns, while results from the blood and stool, stool tests did not reveal significant toxicity. The blue dogs reportedly will remain under close observation for about 20 days. Meanwhile, no announcements have been made to specifically address the pooches that are turning up pink, according to the East to West News Agency. However, some are calling for an investigation into a chemical dump in the area where 300,000 tons of toxic waste was unloaded after the Cold War. Jeez. And nearby Crystal, Crystal Defense Plant and also implicated in local reports. There are... They have all these like Instagram pictures of blue dogs. It's it's cute if it's not concerning, and it's cute if it's not concerning. Anyway, um, east to west was reportedly uh, has reported that city officials claims 
uh, are calling the claims exaggerated. I don't know. Dogs just don't turn blue all of a sudden or pink. You know, it, it would be cute if it wasn't concerning. But uh, yeah, go look for the blue dogs. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I just think it's I think it's funny. I think it's funny. I'm concerned, obviously, for the dogs because you know I, I have a soft spot in my heart. I, you know, I'm not made of I'm not made of pig iron. I love animals. I love animals just like you do. But this has been my show. This has been Shock Monkey Radio. I want to thank you so much for watching, listening, whatever you do. Uh, I want to remind you, go over to YouTube, uh, subscribe, hit the bell note for notifications when I go live or when I am uh, edit uh, a clip or something like that and upload it so you get your notifications. Uh, tell your friends about this show because I'm sure we are deprioritized in the algorithm, algorithms of, you, uh, of Google and YouTube. Um, I will... Please go over to patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio and become a patron. I would appreciate that. Or you can send me cash through the cash app. Send it to cash tag shockmonkeyradio. Yeah. And we'll see you next week. This has been Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the madman. And I love you.